Hello everyone, welcome to 41st episode of Snippets. I am Dr. Gaurav Chauhan, your host for today. Friends, we all know cataract is the most common cause of blindness worldwide. Hence, cataract surgery is the most commonly performed surgery in ophthalmology. The most dreaded complication of cataract surgery is posterior capsular rent, but if managed properly, can lead to good visual outcome. Today, we have with us Dr. Veena Bhaskaran, head of Jashlok Community Ophthalmic Center at Shankanetralaya. She is a proficient surgeon and has vast experience in training residents and fellows. She will be sharing with us some practical tips about anterior vitrectomy for cataract surgeons. Welcome to Snippets, ma'am. Thank you for inviting me, Gaurav, for this episode of Snippets. There is a saying that the only surgeon who doesn't have complications is the one who doesn't operate, especially as it applies to the complications during cataract surgery that may require anterior vitrectomy. Every surgeon needs to have some basic vitrectomy skills in order to handle what may arise in the operating room. It is a skill that we think with a little bit of dread because of the situation where it arises, but it's something we can't wish away. I shall take you step by step for performing this anterior vitrectomy and eyewall placement. Assess the situation and stage of surgery. Keep a code word for vitrectomy to inform your assistant and alert about the situation. There is no shortcut to learning as to vitrectomy, isn't it? So this is going to take a while. Step 1 would be not to panic and pull out of the eye immediately. Use viscoelastic to form the chamber with left hand and gently remove the probe. In case of small incision cataract surgery, gently remove the ACM port and in ECCE, take two sutures at the section. Step 2 would be to, ab to abandon the main incision because it is too wide and it will leak during the procedure, prolapsing more vitreous. Use the second paracentesis incision to provide access for the bimanual instrumentation. You may need to make this slightly wider depending on your setup. The third step would be to prime your FACO machine and get the vitrectomy cutter ready to be used. Also at this time, ask for triamcelanol to be opened in case you are planning to use it. Then put the uh, machine into anterior vitrectomy mode and decrease the bottle height. We want the foot pedal positions to be in position 1 to be in irrigation, 2 to be in vitrectomy cutting action and third would be aspiration. Next would be choosing the high cutting rate of at least 800 to 1000 cuts per minute and a moderate flow rate of 20 to 30 cc per minute depending on your instrument flow. Try a vacuum level of 200 to 400 millimeter of mercury and decrease the bottle height. Now enter the anterior chamber with the vitrectomy cutter and then the infusion cannula away from the site of PCR. Start cutting the prolapsed vitreous and stay centrally in the eye at the lens plane. Take your time to remove the prolapsed vitreous. This takes time, usually about 5 to 10 minutes. Avoid putting traction on the vitreous or pulling it. While in aspiration mode, do not move the cutter. Keep an eye on the rent margin and start cutting from posterior to anterior. Then, inject another small amount of triamcelanone to strain the vitreous if you want to. Mild tenting of the rent margin, pupillary peaking or signs of incomplete vitrectomy if staining is not used. Next step would be to sweep any prolapsed vitreous from the incisions back into the eye and completely remove the vitrectomy cutter. Once the anterior vitrectomy is complete and you have confirmed that the anterior segment is clear and determine the degree of capsular support available. Viscoelastic is lightly placed in the anterior chamber and a small amount under the iris in order to open the ciliary sulcus area. A three-piece eyewall is inserted into the eye and the haptics are placed in the sulcus with the care taken to avoid trapping the iris tissue. Then, the main incision is sutured closed under visco cover and then the bimanual instrumentation or Simco cannula is used to remove the viscoelastic from the eye. 
The next step would be to use a preservative-free intracameral antibiotic as the incidence of endophthalmitis is higher in eyes with PC rupture and vitreous loss. As the final step, careful hydration of side ports and watertight wound closure is rechecked before closing the conjunctiva. If you carefully follow these steps, we'll end up doing a good vitrectomy at the end of the procedure. Ma'am, how should we address the remaining nuclear fragments when PCR happens in early stages of surgery? It is a good question. So the capsular tear can occur at various stages during cataract surgery. You may have to deal with the nuclear fragments and cortex during or after vitrectomy. Here are a few tips for leaving a clean anterior chamber. If it's a relatively small piece and I'm dealing with the capsular rupture, and the piece is still in the anterior chamber, I lower the bottle height significantly and use viscoelastic to bring the piece up. Then, even if I had to enlarge the wound to 3 to 4mm, I would express it through the incision. That way, I don't have to risk going back in and hitting with fib. If it's a larger piece, then I use Sinsky hook to bring it up. Then, using a second instrument or something like a sheet slide or a wire vectors to deliver the piece under visco cover. It would be ideal to convert to small incision cataract surgery or ECCE, whichever technique you are comfortable with at this stage. Sometimes, the nuclear fragments are hidden behind the iris or in the space between the iris and the anterior capsule. As you start to clear the vitreous, you may see these fragments come forward. You have to constantly watch for them. If you see one and it's small enough, you can put visco in and bring it out. If it is soft though, you can switch the vitrector to IA cut mode and treat it like epinuclear material for which you use a little bit of low flow parameters. Now coming to if the nuclear fragment is say if it's in the AHF or sinking a little bit behind, Dr. Charles Kelman popularized the posterior assisted levitation technique in which a metal spatula inserted through a pasplana sclerotomy is used to levitate the nucleus into the anterior chamber from below. Compared to the phaco incision, a pasplana sclerotomy provides much better instrument angle for getting behind the lens. Doctors Richard Packard and Chang used the viscoat cannula to support and levitate the nucleus. The so-called viscoat pal technique and viscoat trap technique which needs experienced hands and VR backup. And if the nuclear fragment has dropped into the cavity, do not fish or chase the piece with a phaco. A good vitrectomy and neat closure and referral to a VR surgeon for further care is advisable. Now ma'am, how to manage the retained uh, cortex in such situations? So, after the vitreous has been removed from the anterior chamber, you can go for cortex. Place a nice layer of dispersive viscoelastic over the rent and keep the bag open with a normotensive eye. You now have three choices of cortex removal. The safest choice is to do it dry. That is, use a 26 gauge cannula on a 5 mm syringe or a Simco cannula, target a little cortex and then strip it away in a OVD filled environment. This is safest because there is no turbulence created. However, we have to keep filling the eye with OVD to keep it normotensive. Therefore, it is not very efficient if you have loads of cortex. The next option is to switch your vitrectomy settings in your panel from cut IA mode which is used to remove vitreous to IA cut in which position 1 is still an irrigation but put position 2 is aspiration. Only when you go into foot position 3, you do the cutting. This promotes cortical followability while allowing you to go into foot position 3 to avoid traction should any vitreous appear. But doing so, it isn't efficient because to have a 1mm opening, at least in a peristaltic machine, you need to have enough cortex occluding the port of removal. 
It is important to note that you never want to use vitrectomy settings for cortex removal because you will just eat away the cortex and follow it further and further into the capsular fornix, risking tearing up the capsule. The point of your vitrectomy settings is to prevent followability, but followability is our goal for cortex. The third and the most of the surgeon's choice would be bimanual uh, irrigation aspiration. With this, you attach a bimanual aspiration handpiece to keep the irrigation anterior and low infusion. This keeps the pressure superior so as to not encourage more vitreous to come forward. You can then target the cortex, keeping in mind that you can't allow the chamber to collapse. So you have to fill it with OVD before you come out. In case of a small incision cataract surgery, if you are doing a Blumenthal cataract surgery, then you can keep the ACM on for your cortex wash with a low bottle height. A meticulous cortex removal is valuable in these cases because they are prone to inflammation, CME and fluffing up of the cortex which can fall into the vitreous or obscure the visual axis. Pseudofake is the desired outcome of for every cataract surgery. So ma'am, what should be the choice of IOL in these patients? That's a very good question. So the IOL placement depends on capsular support and the location of the capsular tear. If there is enough peripheral support, there is enough to put the optic and haptics fully in the bag. But typically, provided there is a round capsular excess, placement of a three-piece IOL in the sulcus with optic capture would be good. We should take into account any power adjustments that might need to be made should the optic be placed in the sulcus. The formula on drhill.com and rule of nine formula comes handy. In the absence of capsular support, an anterior chamber IOL could be used with the measurement for placement including white to white plus 0.5 to 1 millimeter. The surgeon should avoid extending the clear corneal incision and move superiorly for a fresh scleral tunnel measuring 6 millimeter as this will reduce iris prolapse and irregular corneal astigmatism. Peripheral iridectomy can be made with the vitrector and ACIOL can be placed carefully. Alternatively, one can perform scleral suture fixation depending upon the surgeon's experience. Ma'am, what should be the goals of the vitrectomy? The most important goal and the point of every subsequent maneuver after recognizing this dreaded complication is to prevent intraoperative or postoperative vitreous traction which can lead to retinal tears and detachments as well as histoid macular edema. Also, keep a pressurized eye, hypotony or rapid extreme pressure changes promote suprachoroidal hemorrhage which can lead to permanently bad outcomes. A neat pupil with no vitreous in AC and a clear cornea with a well-centered IOL would be an ideal goal. Ma'am, how should these patients be cared for in the post-operative period? As we all know, post-operative care, especially when there is a complication, is very, very important. Post-operative counseling of the patient about longer recovery time and proper care and support is essential. Increase the dose of topical steroids and add a broad-spectrum topical antibiotic. Can't stress more upon the importance of detailed dilated retina evaluation and referral to a retina colleague in required cases. May need a closer follow-up and IOP lowering agents too in these cases. As we all know, prevention is better than cure. So ma'am, in your view, what a resident should keep in mind while doing surgery to avoid PCR? I would say, know well about the case you are about to operate and avoid complicated cases in your learning phase. Basic knowledge about vitreous anatomy and know your instruments and machine parameters. Do not be ashamed to discuss your complications with friends and consultants. It can happen to the best of hands. And also, learn to pick up the early signs of PCR and so that the damage is not too late to be repaired. It is a good idea to record your surgeries and address the what and how. 
see what has gone wrong and how it was managed. Revisit your surgeries, relearn and do not repeat the same mistake. Your preferred practice pattern should be to power yourself with knowledge and polish your skill set. Thank you ma'am for taking out time from your busy schedule and sharing your experience with us. I am definite that all our listeners will be benefited by this. Thank you all for tuning in. Do subscribe to our channel for further updates.